This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Welcome to today's episode of Plain Spoken, a Kansas Hospital Association podcast. This is Jennifer Finley, and I will be acting as your host for this episode, and we are going to talk about the Walk with a Doc program. I have with me Dr. David Sabger, who is the founder of Walk with a Doc, and we're just really excited that you have taken some time to join us today. So let me just say welcome and thank you. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. So I've done a little bit of research and I know a little bit about the Walk with a Doc program, but like many listening, I probably don't know enough. So uh, some of these questions will seem somewhat basic, but I really want to give the folks listening today a general idea of what this program is, and hopefully we're going to inspire them to want to start a chapter in their community. Uh, So First off, um, I know that you are a cardiologist, and I know, obviously, you see patients and take care of patients, but you also started down this journey of creating this program. So can you tell me just a little bit about, first of all, your background, and then what led you to creating this whole initiative we now call Walk with a Doc? Sure. Um, Thanks again for having me. Um, uh, This started... Well, my background, uh, I did my training all in Ohio at various schools and um, am now practicing in Columbus, Ohio full time. And um, I, I am the CEO of Walk With a Doc, but we have an incredible team, Rachel Habash, Brian Romy, and Izzy Castillo-Anderson that make it happen. Um, I get to, the, to do the fun stuff like podcasts. Um, Personally, I'm married. I have two children. One's at University of Michigan, one in at Georgetown in DC. And uh, but our life is consumed by our two dogs. Um, and we also we love to travel and read. So a lot of common interests. Walk with a doc started in 04 when um, I realized that I was being totally ineffective at getting my patients. Um, interested or motivated to exercise. And we lose 5 million people a year globally from physical inactivity. And to frame that during, since the start of COVID where, you know, this horrible pandemic where we've lost over 6 million people, we've lost 12 million due to physical inactivity during the same time period. So it, not only saves lives, but it makes us feel so good. And I felt I needed to do more. Um, and you know, really somebody has to do something because it's, it's a whole nother pandemic. That's a staggering number. I I had not heard that. Um, and I think it's a good wake up call. I will admit that I am one of those people who, spent a lot of time sitting in a chair in front of a computer screen for two years doing Zoom meetings. And as we're starting to come out of this pandemic, I know that I need to do some more activity. I know I need to get back into some of those healthy habits, Uh, but it's really hard. Um, So walking, I'm guessing, um, is one of the things that can provide some pretty easy health benefits. What are some of those benefits that you have found simply from basic walking activity? Yeah, well, first to address what you shared, Jennifer, you're obviously not alone. And now is a great time for a lot of us to turn over a new leaf. 
Um, walking is really, it sounds cheesy, but it is miraculous and it's health benefits. And that's, you know, it's enough that I decided easy decision. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life is promote physical activity. And what walking does is yes, you know, as a cardiologist, I get excited about preventing heart attacks, preventing stroke. And those numbers around 50%, if we can be active to 150 minutes a week of moderate activity or 75 minutes a week of vigorous, a lot of us don't want to pursue vigorous and we can get it from walking or other moderate physical activities. And it's not only heart disease. It's also, there's 13 cancers that are dramatically reduced by walking. Alzheimer's can be reduced 50% by walking a lot. We've all read about the anxiety and depression that, you know, has come to the forefront over these last couple of years. The reduction there is close to 50% as well. So our mental health, um, it's really hard not to find an illness that we treat that is not significantly improved by, by walking. And that's why it's really, again, easy to put all your weight behind it as far as promotion. Is there a difference between walking outdoors or walking on a treadmill? Should I pick one over the other? Yeah, that's a great question. And it is better to walk outside, but you know, in these winter months, you're in Kansas, I'm in Ohio, we still, and you know, our friends that are in Southern Texas and dealing with, you know, really tough weather during the summer. Um, yeah, we shoot for 120 minutes a week of outdoor physical activity. There's a really great new, uh, company called nature quant that has a, a wonderful app and they, um, can quantify your dose outside, but the dose is 120 minutes a week and it is better outside, but if it's inside or nothing, you still get a huge benefit from being on the treadmill. So you mentioned the mental health benefits and I, I certainly could quickly think of heart healthy, those kinds of things. But as I start to think about healthcare workers in particular, who are our members, folks that work in hospitals, uh, while we're going to if we started this kind of an initiative, we'd be helping our patients get healthier. We're actually going to probably be providing some benefits back to our employees who are dealing with that kind of post COVID burnout, the stress um, of just the past two years. So there, I, if I'm hearing you right, there's going to be some benefits back to employees by engaging in this activity too. A hundred percent correct. And you know, we're, I become a better doctor when I go for a 10 minute walk in between patients, you know, if that option is there, um, it improves our confidence, our thinking, our self-esteem. I love Wordle. There's some times where I can't figure out the Wordle and then I'll go for a walk and bam, it'll hit me. So it increases the blood flow to the brain. It's just, you know, uh, walk with a doc. We have a list of a hundred reasons to go for a walk and, you know, pretty much, it covers everything. So I know you're celebrating the 17th anniversary of Walk with a Doc this year, which is really exciting. We here in Kansas have been participating for a couple of years through the Hospital Association and an organized effort. Uh, last year, even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, we were able to get 18 chapters started. Uh, we had over 
58 different walk events happen in 2021 and engaged about 1,400, almost 1,500 people across the state in those walks. Tell me a little bit about the national um, perspective. How many chapters do you have across the U.S. or how many folks do you have actively engaged? Well, first, that makes me so happy and we're thrilled to be able to collaborate with KHA. You guys have shown yourselves to be leaders um, around the country and I'm really grateful for that. All the more that it this happened during the pandemic. It's terribly impressive what you guys have done. Um, globally, we're now at about 630 plus or minus five chapters. Um, we're very fortunate. We're in, I think, 42 countries. And I think that's due to, you know, I'm a pretty average person and there are, there are countless other healthcare providers that feel the exact same way I do. They're, they're tired of seeing this tool in our, um, in our tool shed being unused. Um, we have something at our disposal that just by, you know, starting by walking to the mailbox, maybe one day, and then down this, down the block, the next can really change your life and add years and add maybe more importantly, add quality to those years. So um, there's so many others that, that feel the way I do. And back to our team, they've got this down to a science where someone just has to share interest and everything is pretty much taken care of and they'll hold your hand right through the whole process. So for those that are listening that maybe haven't had the chance to participate in an event yet, can you just describe what does a typical event look like? Great question. So I'll take you through the one I'm involved in. Um, personally, we meet at our local Metro park at 830 in the morning. Um, usually people are there ahead of time because the social connection is one of the four main components that make this makes this all the more important. The leader, um, whether it's the doctor or a guest, and it could be anyone, uh, presents for a few minutes. <clears throat> we may have blood pressure checks, coffee, refreshments. We have a, a woman, Barbara, who always brings food, which is great. Um, and everyone walks at their own pace, their own distance. There's wonderful conversations. And then there's an informal close at, at 9.30. And uh, it gets us, you know, those four items, of course, physical activity, social connection, nature, and then education for those first few minutes where we can talk about, you know, whether right now a lot of people are deciding whether or not to get their, their second booster or their fourth shot. That's a discussion we've had the last couple of weeks. So on that education piece, um, does it have to be always a physician? Could it be someone else as part of the team at the hospital? So maybe a nutritionist or um, a PA or something like that? I think those are often the best. You know, uh, pharmacists get a lot of questions or pharmacy related, um, dietary, like, like you said, very important. So you know, it's good to have a doc there and the doc can talk, but um, when we have guests, it just, it, it you know, it's kind of a, a medical home, if you will. It adds one more layer. 
Well, I think that's an important component because for many small hospitals that have a smaller medical staff, I wouldn't want that to be a barrier to maybe them getting excited and interested in this project because it doesn't have to fall on the shoulders of one or two folks at the hospital. It could really be a team effort. That's right. Um, so how do you figure out those topics to cover? Do you have, is there a list out there of some suggested topics or is that something that you just leave up to whoever you've invited to be the discussion leader for that time? I would say yes and yes. We have a list of well over a hundred topics that have been very well received. And over the 17 years, we've definitely like a DJ, we've asked for requests and, you know, people continue to want similar songs. So we, we will go to those, but uh, you know, the whole part of the reason I started this was, you know, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to tell a hundred people something that um, you find really important and the studies show really important. It's great to be one-on-one -on -one in the office, but it's also powerful to be able to share it with more people. So it really does sound like it's very turnkey and would be really easy for someone who maybe wanted to start this effort at their hospital. I want to let folks know that on May 4th, we're hosting a noon webinar and we're going to be featuring some of our hospital partners here in Kansas. So they're going to share what they have done so far, some of their lessons learned and strategies for uh, springboarding this and maybe communities that haven't started yet. <clears throat> I'm just curious. Since you've been at this for a long time, you know, what is, what's your most favorite memory or was there a really memorable walk or activity that you've been engaged in during this time? Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably part of the beauty. There are countless memories. I can tell you, you know, one of the more recent ones was uh, a patient that became a friend of mine. And these aren't all patients. A lot of it, a lot of the attendees are community members that just hear about it. Um, but uh, yeah, this uh, gentleman became a friend. He has, he had an LVAD, a left ventricular assist pump, which is kind of an artificial heart. And um, we walked and he um, went over details of his life that were just beautiful. And he had me laughing and crying and it, it was fantastic. And um, unfortunately he passed away uh, several weeks later uh, amazing person. And I'll never forget just that I got to that privilege of hearing his stories and getting that, you know, that he's so, he was so animated and a lovely person. So that, that one is staying very close to my heart right now. That's a really great story. And it highlights for me, something you said a few minutes ago about part of the power of this is bringing the community together and actually having that social interaction. And so I know that that's something important to a lot of folks is to get that back into their community. And this would be a great way to be able to do some of that. So I think that's really important. And I think that also plays into some of that mental health aspect that we were talking about earlier too. You feed off of each other and being able to help each other and coach each other. I know sometimes I've been most successful in my healthy ventures when I have a group holding me accountable. So if I know I'm supposed to show up on Saturday and go for a walk, it makes it a lot harder to not show up than if I'm supposed to go get on my treadmill because nobody will know except for me <laughs> if I don't do it. That's exactly right. One, one of our walkers said it best that she had her, her first circle around her but she didn't have her second circle and she missed that and she needed that. And I think a lot of us feel that way. 
So in the spirit, um, as we kind of wrap things up of this kind of rebirth coming out of COVID and trying to be healthy, aside from walking, any other tips that you would share with us as a cardiologist, easy things that we should think about doing to help ourselves become a little bit more healthy? Oh, um, I wish I had hours for this. Um, the quick uh, and dirty, I would try and keep your blood pressure under 130 over 85. That's a really big thing that is so important is many fruits and vegetables in your diet. Um, and just please take care of yourself. I think I, uh, there's not enough self-care out there. I think we, as we beat ourselves up too much and um, we need to uh, treat ourselves like we treat others. And um, yeah, maybe that's what I've got for now. I think that's all great advice um, and really, again, points out this whole person approach. It's mental and physical to really making us better as we move forward. Uh, for hospitals listening, if you want more information, there's certainly information out on the KHA website. You can reach out to the team that's heading up our Walk with a Doc effort here at KHA, and we can put you in contact with the resources, get you started. Uh, in getting a chapter going. We are very fortunate here in Kansas that we have some funding from the Blue Cross Blue Shield Foundation uh, that is helping underwrite the costs for all of our Kansas hospitals to get chapters going, and that's been extended through 2023. So there's definitely still time to get going. We want to welcome and encourage more hospitals to jump on this bandwagon and become part of this effort. Um, Dr. Sabger, I want to thank you for spending some time with us and hopefully inspiring everyone uh, to the benefits, just the true health benefits of walking and the importance of the hospital being a leader in the community and starting an effort like this. Jennifer, thank you. And again, thanks to the KHA, really true leaders. And uh, it is very much an honor to collaborate with you. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.